What is going on, everyone? I am just so excited for another podcast. Welcome back to the Think On It podcast brought to you by Fair Creek Church. Yeah, man. Think On It is all about just helping you thrive in your relationship with Jesus, plain and simple. I'm Grayson. This is Matt. Hey, everybody. We are your hosts. We're excited to have you here. And we are wrapping up a series. We just wrapped up a series this past Sunday uh, called Where Are You Going? It's really all about the stages of spiritual growth. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this past Sunday was all about thriving. We've talked about explore, build, own, all on the podcast. Uh, With episode four today, we were talking all about thrive. Matt, would you mind... uh, just giving us an overview of what this stage looks like about what someone who's thriving in the relationship with Jesus, what their life just looks like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, so a person, when you get to this point and again, we're going to try to do our best to not make it seem like it's this completely linear process. And Grace is going to talk a little bit more about that. But if you are get to a point where you're feel like you're at this thriving stage. What this thriving stage looks like is this is also known as the overflow stage. So we're going from kind of the journey inward, which was exploring to try to figure some things out for yourself and kind of understand what's going on to building some, some knowledge, a greater understanding of the Bible and of God and all that stuff, because you're trying to learn for yourself and and all of that. And then the heavy doing stage, which was, you know, the own stage. And that again is about you being involved in doing stuff, which is, and and all of these things are good. It's not a bad thing to say that you're, you know, focused on your own personal (laughs) journey and connection to the story. But what changes when you get to thriving is you, you start to see that journey back outwards. Then you become overflowing with all of that stuff you've learned, all of the experiences that you've gained. Um, faith becomes a lot more about reflecting God to other people as opposed to just trying to know as much as you can or trying to do with in a way that has a lot of that ego and stuff that we talked about yeah. sometimes can come along with the own stage. True. Um, <clears throat> A person who's thriving will have a renewed sense of God's acceptance. You're no longer as concerned about what other people are thinking, whether they uh, agree with or accept what you say or what you do. Um, You're not learning for the sake of being able to try to maybe prove something to someone or you always feel like you're the one that has to inform everybody. This becomes a lot more about I, I am feeling much more comfortable with being accepted by God, and that's what's most important. Yeah, um, like a confidence in who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. And um, a person who is thriving also will have gained a, a tremendous amount of wisdom through experiences and struggles. Um you know, nobody likes to face them, but we know the hardships come, the wildernesses, as we've discussed throughout the course of this series, those things will bring about a, a wisdom, um, a, an understanding um, that, that that you can't gain from, from just book learning and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, a, it's another level of saying, okay, I've been able to walk through some things that maybe I didn't think I could or whatever. Um, and you just, there's the, that, wisdom gained from, from struggles. Um, a person who is thriving 
will have a tendency to exhibit a calm, steady faith that um, pretty much regardless of what kind of experiences they find themselves in. And that can mean peaks or valleys, right? A person who is thriving just doesn't ride too high or too low most of the time. They're usually a lot more, um, you know, even like you, like you said, Um, even keel doesn't necessarily mean that they're, you have to have a chill personality in order to be thriving. It just means you're not easily swayed uh, or tossed up and down by the circumstances around you things that are going on. Mm. Um, A person who's thriving will be compassionately living for others. And I think that's kind of maybe what encapsulates this whole entire thing. You see a person like that who is just compassionately focused on how others are doing. Um, That's that's a, a defining characteristic of a person who's thriving. And a person who's thriving definitely will have a greater sense of their own calling. Mm. right they're not trying to do too many things um they're they're constantly still desire to know and to learn but um they're not consumed or run by that um they just they have a a more firm grasp and understanding of what it is that god has called them to do and they're they're going to go set out to do that and to do that the best that they can yeah and i think a lot of times because for most people, like, you know, before you get to this stage of thriving, you, you know, have to go through some wilderness, you have to go through some of those pivotal circumstances. But then once you do uh, get to thriving, and you have this greater sense or more specific sense of calling, I think for a lot of people, it's connected to some of those struggles that they had in the wilderness, or, you know, you know, this thing happened when I was a little kid. And now I'm, my life is dedicated to, to helping people going through the same things I went through. Right. I think that's a really important part of the wilderness and something that we see, you know, so much, right, in, in, in the life of the church and, and, and the, the body of Christ, the family of you know, the church family that we have around us is, you know, you, you know, a couple that loses a, a child or something like that. Yeah. And it's devastating and it hurts. And you wonder how you'll ever be able to cope with that. And then, you know, little by little, and most likely with the help of other people who have experienced similar things, you're able to get through that. And then at some point, your path crosses with some other young couple who's just lost, you know, a child or someone close mm. to them. And it's like, oh, <laughs> I, I've been there. I can, I can help that person get through that. Yeah, um, and that's such a huge part of the wilderness. Um, it happens in all different facets of life. Um, the things that you think there's no possible way um, this can be good for anything. Why would God ever let this happen? Why would I, you know anything like that? And, and we could have a you know a two episode conversation about that in and of itself, (laughs) which we're not going to dive super far into, but there is a very real truth that at many, you know, a big part of the, the, the church and the family life, uh, you know, the Christian journey is, um, is walking alongside of other people who are facing similar circumstances to the ones that you've been through yeah, and uh, being able to help them. And and sometimes that can be cathartic even to yourself to, to say, Oh, okay. Now I understand that maybe, you know, I'm sure God didn't want this horrible thing to happen to me, but if, if it can be used to help another person, then, then I guess there's a purpose there and there's a reason for that to take place. It doesn't answer the hard why question. No. Why did this happen to me? It doesn't. 
but it does help us make sense of, of what happened and see how it could be used. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Not saying that struggles and trials are like, oh, they're, they were just so worth it. I'm so happy that terrible <laughs> thing happened. Right. But it's like, no, like it happened. You know, I, I, you know, I've processed that I've healed from that, but now I'm, I'm ready to help other people. Yeah. Uh, and it just kind of gives you that sense of purpose and yeah. you know, you just describing a person who's thriving. I'm like, man, a thriving life is pretty dang great. Like, it is, yeah, um, right. And, but like at the same time, we have been conscious to say that thriving is not arriving. Like this isn't a linear thing. Like you could be thriving now. You could have some really just gnarly stuff happen, right. you know, just in a wilderness for a long time. And maybe on the other side of that wilderness, you get bounced back to a build stage and you kind of are forced to, to restart a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's not linear, uh, you know, these just because we are thriving now doesn't mean we'll always be thriving. And at the same time, like the only person who's truly fully completely thrived as a human being and, and it is Jesus. Jesus yeah, shows sure. us what a true, a truly fully thriving person looks like. Right. Yeah. He is the example uh, for all of that. Some of those descriptive things we talked about with thriving. I mean, put Jesus's name next to all of those things yeah. and so much more. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like when I think of Jesus, I think of someone who's unhurried. He's compassionate. He's loving. He's living out of an overflow of the love he's received from the Father and the Spirit. And, you know, he takes the time to slow down uh, and talk to people. He takes uh, the time to just be gentle, uh, to, to, to not be rushed. Like, I think of the story, he, he's walking through this crowd in a city to go and heal someone else. And this woman reaches out, touches his cloak, and he's like, who touched me? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Not to be like, oh, like you touched me, like what's wrong with you? Right. But, the but he noticed. Like, Everyone's touching you. What are you talking about? Right. But he noticed and he took the time to like look at her and talk to her um, and, and, and just treat her with love and compassion. Right. Even and, though that's not what he was doing right then. He was on his way to go do something else. Yeah. But he took that time. And I, I think that unhurried lifestyle of Jesus is like, I, you know, I feel like I'm not thriving or at my best when I'm like in a rush. Like sure. I'm not patient with my friends or family uh, when I've, you know, when I'm just like rushed, like, you know, when I'm rushed and busy, like those are the times where I have my worst responses. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I, I love that you used the description of unhurried because I mean, all the things that you said, there, compassionate, loving, all of those things are, are great descriptors of Jesus and, and absolutely true. But that unhurried thing is one that I think I, I just kind of latched onto because, you know, we live in a culture that is certainly so busy and so hurried. You've got constantly going from one thing to the next. You've got to keep yourself busy, 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 um, and all of that. And it doesn't mean that any of those things are bad. It's just it's just kind of the the lifestyle I think that maybe is around us. But hmm. but Jesus had this sense about him 
where he was, uh, he wasn't in a hurry to be about doing whatever it is that other people thought he should be doing. Yeah. Uh, even the people closest to him, the disciples at times would be like, aren't we supposed, shouldn't we go over here and do this? And he's like, nah, not right now. Or how many times did he respond and say, it's just, it's not my time yet. And they're like, but why not? You know, <laughs> but, but we want it to be, you know, and he's just like, well, it's just, that's just not what I'm supposed to be doing right yeah. now. He just had this very calm sense of, I know exactly where I'm supposed to be. I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm not, you're not, I'm not going to be easily persuaded to do something else or something more or something different. Mm. And he wasn't mean or rude or dismissive of the people who thought he should be doing other things or whatever, but he just calmly would respond to them. Maybe something, you know, sometimes he would explain exactly why. Sometimes he would just say, well, that's just not what I'm supposed to be doing right now. But he would, he would handle those people with calm compassion. He wasn't dismissive of them or rude toward them, but he also wasn't swayed by them. Yeah. I mean, talk about unhurried. Jesus spent 30 years preparing for three years of ministry. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I haven't waited 30 years for anything. No. Because I'm not 30, but. No. Um, I, I hate having to wait. I mean, you wait in line for a couple hours to get tickets or to go on a ride at a theme park, and I can't stand it. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and as we've just gone through this series, I keep thinking of the, the five faith catalysts that we talk, uh, a lot about around Fair Creek. Um, and because thriving is not arriving because, you know, I'm not like Jesus, uh, and I'm continuing to become more like Jesus, but I haven't arrived because I'm not, you know, living in that way 100% of the time. Right. Um, those faith catalysts are so important for me to continue growing uh, and to continue becoming more like Jesus. Right. Um, I heard a teacher, uh, a pastor say, uh, to be like Jesus, you need to do the things that Jesus did. Mm, that's uh, good. And that's how he like really defines like the spiritual disciplines or whatever you want to call them, or sure. we call them, you know, the personal disciplines right. um, or private disciplines. Private disciplines, yeah. Um, but, you know, those are like the things that we really need to keep leaning into, even if we are thriving, like that's how we're going to grow. Um, you know, Jesus did, you know, he prayed, he went away uh, in silence. He fasted, he, you know, read scripture, he ate with sinners and pursued justice. He did all these things. Yeah. Um, and all those things, uh, help us to become more like him. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, the, the five faith catalysts is just kind of a, a really, you know, condensed way of boxing it all kind of up a little bit and, and giving it, making something easily explainable. But those things are so important to our, the spiritual journey, um, to be quite honest. And, and we know that, you know, you talk about practical dis or, or personal disciplines, but any of them or any of the five catalysts will take discipline to, to be willing to stick to it. And, and, and we've talked about it on previous episodes. You may have to remind yourself daily, uh, hourly in some cases yeah. to stick to it, but, um, it's, it's important and it will be so beneficial and so helpful. Definitely. Definitely. And, um, I love that Greg started this series by talking about John 15. Uh, for those of you who don't know, John 15 is really kind of like the premier, uh, spiritual growth passage. It's Jesus gives this example of the vine and the branches and yeah. how he's the vine, we're the branches. Um, but 
when I think of someone who's thriving, I think of someone who's abiding. And that's really the language uh, that John uses when he writes down what Jesus said. And that's really just the idea of like living your life um, and living and keeping in step uh, with the spirit to use the language of Paul uh, in Galatians 5. Um, but when we abide in the vine, when we abide in Jesus, that's what produces the fruit of the spirit that Paul talks about, oh, the love, yes. joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, all these things. They come about because of the spirit. Um, and, you know, that's not to say like we – uh, shouldn't try to make those things and, and strive towards those things. Sure. But at the same time, spiritual growth is happening through the spirit. Yes. In some sense, it's not up to us. Right. We do have some responsibility, but it's not all up to us. And I think that idea of abiding when I think thriving, those two really go hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I like the way you put that. And, and honestly, the way that John 15 puts it is – um, the, the, the fruit of the spirit, you know, they are the outflow of having a personal relationship with Jesus and being in tune with and in lockstep with the Holy Spirit. If you are doing those things, if you have a personal relationship with Jesus and you are, uh, you, that means you have the Holy Spirit. And if you're actually paying attention to him and walking in, in close contact with him and, and going where it is that he says to go and 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 all of that then as a result of that you will be able to experience the that genuine love for others that peace and calm in the midst of all kinds of different circumstances the steadiness that the steadiness yeah that that patience gentleness kindness self-control i mean boy our world could use a lot more of that <laughs> i'm not i'm not kidding you know yeah so but you will be able to experience those things as a result of being in lockstep with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we've kind of been building up to this, you know, episode on thriving and we've talked about it. We've alluded to it. And um, I think it's easy to fall into the, the thought process of, oh, that's that's like the stopping place. That's like sure. where we all want to be. That's where, you know, oh, man, I've been following Jesus for three years i i should be a, a thriving person by now mm. um and i just want to encourage everyone who's not currently in a spot uh where you're thriving it takes work and mm. you know so we have like that personal side of things where we have our responsibility in it sure. but at the same time it's up to god like god's the one who causes spiritual growth, growth yeah. um so we could take a lot of comfort and knowing, like, the season we're in is a good season. Yeah, right. Yeah, stay the course. I mean, uh, there's some good encouragement there. I mean, one of the one of the reasons why it's not just a linear process is because if that were true, then everybody would be able to say, at, at, you know, at, at month one, you'd be at this point, and then at month six, you'd be at this point, and then yeah. after two years, you'd be at this point. That's not how it works for real people in the real world. Hmm. And so it's okay for you to be in the stage that you are in, it's just not necessary. We don't want to get stuck in any stage. We've kind of talked about mm -hmm. that a little bit throughout this process. Um, but, it, there, you know, it's okay to say, you know, I don't know if I'm at that 
point yet where and maybe and, and to not beat yourself up and make yourself feel bad for not being where you think you should be or where others maybe think you should be but to just stay on track stay on stay the course and keep striving <clears throat> keep if you're in that building phase keep trying to learn as much as you can as you can learn and figuring out how you can start to own how you can start to apply and start doing if you're in that own stage figure out how you can go from being really really wrapped up in in being identified by what you do and move beyond that and find a, a way to be just more secure and set uh, comfortable with who you are and who God has made you to be. That's not an excuse to be stubborn about just saying no, because it's like, well, I, I don't, I don't feel like I'm supposed to do that. I don't want to do that. You may, you got to still be willing to maybe be stretched a little bit, move outside of your comfort zones. I think going from own to thrive kind of requires that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, stay the course. Yeah. And I think thriving people incorporate the best parts of these other stages into their life to keep thriving. That's how they started thriving. Um, and just like as an example, like the explore, the curiosity you have and explore to, to, to want to know more about God, to want to have some answers to the hard questions of life. Like yeah. that is something, you know, people who are thriving should want to have to be a part of their life still. That yeah. curiosity to keep yeah. digging in and, and, and even to be curious about people in their life. Like I think Jesus was legitimately <laughs> really curious about the people he interacted Absolutely. with. Absolutely. I don't want anybody to ever lose that curiosity just because you've moved on from the explore stage. Don't lose that curiosity. Yeah. And like people who are building like obviously we have so much to learn and apply about scripture like that's one of the reasons we have messages every sunday morning right. uh because we believe that people who are thriving and people who are exploring people who are building owning in the wilderness wherever you're at you know that's still something that's Need needed to continue to learn yeah for sure um, you know, owning, continuing to lead and serve and probably in a more specific way for a lot of people in Thrive. Yeah. That, that's something you want to keep with you and take with you. And uh, the wilderness, like a greater reliance on God. A lot of times, you know, everything else is kind of taken away and yeah. you may be left with just God. Yeah. I think of Job, like yeah. talk about the wilderness, like that right. dude got wiped out and it was just him and a couple of friends and God. Right. <laughs> Use the term friends loosely. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, but the wilderness, we often say, like, that's kind of the time where God's let out of the box. Yeah. But God shouldn't have been in a box to begin with. That's so, exactly right. I mean, like, a God that's out of the box is something you want to take with you in, into a thriving relationship. Right. Um, a belief that God can, can do all these things and even though you, you you went through this super hard season, you know that God's bigger than that, and yeah. you can rely and trust in Him. Right, absolutely, and and, and unfortunately, you know the wilderness. I think we all will have a tendency to put God in a box at at one point or another in our journey, or in one way or another. We we it's an easy thing to do. It's a natural thing to do, 
And, you know, a lot of times the wilderness is what it takes to sometimes bring you out of that, right? It's like you, you, you fit God into this box where you feel, and maybe the box is really huge because you know that he's, he's a big God. So you've made the biggest box you could possibly find, but he's still in a box, yeah. right? And then at some point you come up against something where you're like, I just don't know if I can get through that. And part of that is because, well, if God's in this box and we think, well, I just don't, I think, I don't know if he can help me with that thing. Cause I've boxed him up. He doesn't fit that. <clears throat> and then. You, you know, you, he helps you be able to walk through that and probably with the help and the guidance and experience of other people who have been where you've been Definitely. too, yeah. he uses that as well. Then all of a sudden he's out, out of the box again. Right. And it's like, oh man, he, he's a lot bigger than I even thought. I already thought he was really big and he's even bigger than that. Mm -hmm. And so that's the type of, you know, an out of the box God is the type of God you want to carry with you. And, and unfortunately, uh, a lot of times it takes a wilderness to experience that. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of wilderness, uh, be on the lookout for a bonus episode. Matt and I have, have been talking and, and we've talked about the wilderness and alluded to it a lot. Yeah. But we really wanted to dedicate a whole episode to really talk through that stage because a lot of us are in that stage. And, and we know that it's really important to have a good perspective in that stage right yeah absolutely uh, it, it deserves more time than any it came up in each of the weeks um because it, it it can be experienced at any point throughout the journey but that's also part of the reason why we feel like it deserves its own time then to just try to cram it into something else would probably not be fair to it, it we all face them you know we've in the past called them pivotal circumstances they mm -hmm. come whether you like them or not um and so it I think it deserves a broader conversation. Definitely. And we're looking forward to that. Yeah, we are. Um, and no matter what stage you're in, we've got next steps ready for you yes. as well. Um, we have, uh, if you just text the name of your stage, um, capital letter, just the first letter. So explore with a capital E, thrive with a capital T, uh, build, own, or wilderness. Uh, text one of those words uh, to 937-818-4030, and we have some next steps for each of those stages yeah. just to help you along the journey. Yes. Um, and this Sunday, we are kicking off a new series called What Happy Couples Know uh, mm. at 930 and 11 uh, in the building and online at faircreek.online.church. We're excited for it. We have yeah. some couples that are going to be up there yeah it should be very interesting and very fun and 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 just so that you know like um this isn't a, a series that only applies to people that are either dating or married we're going to talk about concepts that are going to be able to be applied to any and all relationships that you have uh, ways that we treat people and those kinds of things the stuff we expect of people um, they can be broadly uh, applied to all kinds of different relationships so yeah, and we're looking forward to it. Be sure to like the podcast, comment, subscribe, turn on notifications. Yeah. All of those good things. Um, share with a friend even. Uh, but we are thankful for you, uh, and we hope to, that this helped you guys thrive. Yeah, thank you so much. We will see you next time.